This week is Parashas Nitzavim Vayelech, um, and we're going to learn some more of Halachas of Sukkah. The, the next week is going to be Rosh Hashanah, and the Halachas of Rosh Hashanah and Aseris Yimei Tshuva are going to be sent out together um, with the Rosh Hashanah packet from the shul, so you'll get those in writing, the halachas of Rosh Hashanah and Aseris um, Yimei And in, in addition, I wrote up a document for everybody that's going to be davening at home, um, just instructions and directions how to get through davening and Atar Sadarim and all that, how, how we in the shul will try to assist as best as we can to make that into a reality. And in Mitzvah Shem, Shabbos Shuvah, hopefully we'll talk more about the halachas of eating in a sukkah and dal minim and so on and so forth. So continuing with the halachas of sukkah, when choosing a schach mat, so it's important to understand the difference between the different kinds of schach mats, there are quite a few. So lately there has been some discussion that we could, you can go buy this, uh, it's a kind of reed fencing that they sell in Home Depot or Lowe's and hardware stores. It's reeds and it's held together with metal or plastic threads. And it's designed to be fencing, but essentially it serves as schach as well. Um, so, and obviously the cost is uh, significantly less than the cost of buying a schach mat, which are quite expensive. The issue with those is that the reeds aren't spaced well, meaning to say, in order to be kosher for schach, they have to be spaced very close together like this, because once they get further apart, so then there's an equal amount of sun that can penetrate as there is shade. And as we know, schach needs to have more shade than sun. And that's the problem. Those reeds are a little bit too spaced. So that was the issue with using those. There are different kinds. Some are better, some are worse. Uh, sometimes it might be worth it to just buy two and double it up. And then you some still come out ahead as far as cost. Now, among the brands that are sold with the Hashgacha, there are three kinds. There's one kind that is kind of the old style, which that's what they always used to sell as mats, and that was the ones that are held together by metal uh, wire. Then, the after that, they had this kind that's held together, which is the kind that Starkey sells, the popular around here, is it's held together mostly by plastic string with a couple, sometimes they have a hybrid with not only plastic string, it also has some like hemp uh, or reed or some other kind of string holding it together. And the third kind, which is known as canis, the popular in Eretz is that the only thing that's holding together, it's not plastic, it's not metal, and the only thing holding this chach together are rope made out of uh, hemp. And the, uh, the obvious advantage of the third kind, which also happens to be the most expensive, is that it's being held together by something which is not makabal and grows from the ground. It's not metal, it's, uh, it's not makabal it's not plastic, it grows from the ground, and that's what's holding this together. So that is the most ideal. It's also the most... Um, it's the least sturdy of the, of the kinds of schach, the canis. I had a couple of uh, mats of canis. They're falling apart. If they get rained on, they start to disintegrate. So, but that is, as halakhically, it's definitely the most mehudar. The next up is the Starkey brand, which has these plastic um, strings holding them together with a couple of, a couple of rows, like I usually on the two ends and in the middle, they have the hemp. 
And the idea is, what they say, the way they explain it is like this, that you should put your schach mat perpendicular to your beams, right? So let's say your beams are running this way, put your schach that way, so that even, that way, so that even if the plastic strings go off, were to be removed, it would still sit on top of your beams. So essentially it's being held up by the beams. And the rope, the hemp rope that's there, is sufficient to prevent it from just flying away. And this way, the plastic strings are just for extra support. That's their, or their svara, which is a good svara, and that's the, the argument that it should be kosher, and that's, it is, and that's, now I use that schach as well. So that's the, the, the um, Star K brand. The other kind, which, like I said, was the more old-fashioned kind, which was held together by metal string, the truth is most places can hold that's okay. Rav Maisha had an issue with it. Rav Maisha Feinstein's issue was that uh, when something is held together by metal, it gets the whole thing gets the status of a Dabra Makabal The whole thing gets a halacha that it's considered as if it's Makabal And that's why people shy away from using that particular kind, because Rav Maisha had a problem with it. But obviously you can use the Star K kind, uh, and certainly you can use the Canis kind. Now, when you put up your schach, <clears throat> and you put up these mats, you have to ensure, and this I've seen, uh, if people aren't necessarily careful about this, and it's important to be careful about this. Um, you have to be careful that the mat or other material, uh, it goes all the way to the walls. And that's very important because, you know, especially if the mat isn't exactly the right size of your sukkah, so you got to pull it on this end, and then it gets pulled on that end, pull it on this end, it gets pulled on that end, and you have to kind of make it fit. And uh, sometimes it rolls up a little bit, uh, sometimes the wind makes it roll up, and it ends up being a little far from the wall. And the problem is, if it's more than 9 inches away from the wall, and certainly if it's more than 12 inches, but if it's more than 9 inches away from the wall, which is not a lot, uh, then you can't count that wall. Then that's like the, that wall is not part of the sukkah, because the schach doesn't reach the wall. So it's, a, it's imperative that the schach is within 9 inches of whatever wall you need. Now, you don't necessarily need all the walls of your sukkah. You don't need four walls, three walls are enough, but you do need at least three. So if it doesn't, if it's, if it's placed in a way that it, it's short of all the walls, and I've seen sukkahs like this, uh, then it's, you can't use that area. And sometimes what I do see is that it does touch and it's okay, but there are certain parts of the sukkah where it's not close to the walls. It's an interesting thing. It's like uh, on, on one corner of the sukkah, it's fine, and then you get to another part of the sukkah and it doesn't touch any of the walls there. Again, that area of the sukkah might have a problem. That's already a little bit more of an advanced halacha shayla, which would need to be examined by a paisik to decide whether that could be included in your sukkah or not. So in any case, the right thing to do is to be careful that it reaches, and if it doesn't reach, what you can do is you can get a couple of bamboo. You don't need much. You just need a bamboo or two, and then you can close that gap. You could just break it up so that it's not at full nine inches excuse me, away from the wall, and then you're okay. So that's an important, important thing to be aware of. Another thing to be aware of, which this most people are aware of, is that you can't have any branches overhanging, and you can't have the houses overhang, right? The roof uh, juts out about two feet beyond the house, so you can't sit under that part. Now, you can't sit under that part, but it doesn't invalidate your sukkah. So if, let's say, the, one of the walls of your sukkah is the wall of the house, so even though from the two feet away from that wall you can't sit there, uh, because there's an overhang, but it can still be counted as part of your sukkah. You can still use that wall as the wall of your sukkah, again, provided that the schach goes all the way up to that wall. So you need the schach to go all the way up to that wall, then it can be one of the walls of your sukkah, but two feet of it are under an overhang, so you can't sit there, right? But the walls can still be considered part of your sukkah. So it's important to realize.
It's a mitzvah to decorate and to beautify a sukkah. It's a hidr mitzvah, it's zekele van veyu, and it has a very, very special place in halacha. There's even a pasik that we learn out uh, specifically to sukkah, that there's a kedusha that's chal on those decorations. And on Shabbos and on Yontiv, you can't move those decorations because they're muksa. Now, it's important to understand, this is an interesting thing, there are two classifications of muksa when it comes to the decorations, and the truth is the sukkah itself. There's one muksa which is relevant, the one we're familiar with, that's Shabbos and Yontiv. You're not allowed to move it around because it's muksa. So if the decoration falls down on Shabbos and Yontiv, you can't move it, you can't pick it up, you can pick, kick it with your foot, but you can't really do much with it because it's muksa for touching then there's another halacha, and this is relevant to even chalamayit. Now, chalamayit, you can move it, because there's no muktzah for touching a chalamayit, but there is a muktzah for benefit. I Meaning to say, you can't use it. So if you hung up grapes uh, in your sukkah as a decoration, you can't then take them down on chalamayit and eat them. That's what the Gemara talks about. You can't have a benefit from them. So you, that, that's another concept of muktzah. These are two concepts of muktzah. So on Shabbos and Yantiv, you can't move it. And a chalamayit, you can move it, and you can put it back up, or take it in, whatever it is you need to do, but you can't use it until after yantiv is over. And that's the, the concept of, of muktzah when it comes to decorations. Now, if, let's say, you put up a nice decoration from your children, grandchildren, or, or, or your own, and uh, you're worried that it's going to rain and get ruined, so what are you going to do? So you could make a tznai. You could make a tznai. You could make a condition before Shabbos and before yantiv that I don't want this to become uh, a part of the sukkah. I don't want kedusha sukkah to... The, to rest upon this so that it doesn't become muksa. You're still doing the, the mitzvah of Zekelem and Veyu. That doesn't re, uh, require that it should become muksa. So you're doing the mitzvah, but by making this condition, it doesn't become muksa. And then, as long as you haven't actually nailed it into your sukkah, if you just hung it up, you are allowed to bring it inside in case of rain. So that's a good thing to do, is to keep in mind, make that condition, speak it out or think it before uh, Yantav, if you do plan on bringing it in in case of rain. If you hang hadasim in your sukkah, or we used to have a minig at home that we would uh, take an apple, put cloves in it, or an esrig, or put cloves in it and hang it up, so you are allowed to smell them and you are allowed to make a bracha on them of even while they're hanging, even while they are hanging, and that's not called having benefit. Even though I just said you can't have benefit, that kind of benefit you're allowed to have because you're not you're not using it up. Now another thing is that when you hang decorations lechatchila, really ideally the decorations should totally be within a foot of the schach. That's really ideal. Ideal is that your decorations, at least if it's a place where you're sitting, I mean, if it's in the corner, it doesn't make a difference, but if it's over the place where you're going to be sitting, it should ideally be within a foot of the schach. Um, most opinions hold that that's fine as long as it starts within a foot. So let's say you have a chain, right? So it starts attached to the schach, and then it hangs, it hangs a little low. So as long as being that it started within a foot of the schach or adjacent to the schach, so uh, that's fine as long as it started that way. But I, like I said, the really most is you should try to avoid that, again, at least in places where people uh, are eating. So for me, like the bigger decorations that I have, those huge guys that are like more than a foot, the whole decoration is more than a foot, so I designate them to the sides of the sukkah, to the corners where people aren't you know, going to be sitting just there. And the shorter ones is that where I put in the middle where people eat, but again, it's kosher either way, but this is just a more l'chatchila way to do things. It's uh, permissible to cover the sukkah on Shabbos and Yantiv with a plastic tarp, uh, provided that you make sure it's, it's, it's you know, directly on top of the schach. If there's more than, uh, tap up, more than three or four inches between the plastic and the schach, if, like, if you suspended it on something, so then there's an issue of oil, and that 
you know, that you should construct uh, with the guidance of a rav. But if you put plastic directly on top, that you're allowed to do, it happens to be a bad idea. The water will pool and it'll likely make your schach collapse. I'm speaking from experience. So it's uh, that, that, not the best idea. Better is either get yourself a proper awning if you so choose, or just let your sukkah get wet. Okay.